Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Send It Philippines. Send It is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e-wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. I've never looked at things that way. I've always been the type that this is the circumstance I'm in. I make the most of it. And we start climbing out. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now, here's your host, Ronster Betion. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share podcast. We're with a legit hustler today that I totally respect because once upon a time in nightlife, in my very first startup, there was this guy during the first her early days of guestless.ph and party file was making a lot of noise. His name was, this guy's name, Johnny M. And there's the song that's still stuck in my head called, Who's that girl? Walk, walk, walk in the club. Right? That, 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 that was stuck. And it's like, wow. Because I was doing party file and guestless.ph back then. And the head of that is this guy but before i get carried away let's welcome to the show you know the og and the super entrepreneur and hustler chris tan of 
Okay. What's up, Ron? Thanks so much. Wow, what a welcome. I like that. Huh? <laughs> yes, again, I go throw back a little <laughs> every single time, but wow, again, from, from um that point, it's like, wow, this, this you are a legit hustler and you're a man of uh, uh, a ton of hustles. But before I get carried away, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Chris, what's your hustle? Wow, where do I begin? Um, geez, you know, I've always said that I actually like reinventing myself. I've always prided myself on that fact that you can never uh, say that you're stuck with one career or one type of business. Uh, my, my biggest probably business that I've done is the production business, Ideal Minds. Mm-hmm. where um, I just literally said to myself, hey, I want to produce TV shows wow. and I wanted to entertain people. And that was it. And that's how it started. So, And that's amazing. And, and at the end of the day, an, an entrepreneur is always someone who, who, who never settles and there's always an itch you have to scratch. And it's always, you know, the de- default to those things that we, we want to know. But before I get carried away, and especially talking about now in crypto, technically, so OKX, obviously, is, is in crypto, and uh, we'll talk about that later. But I want to understand before you started going into crypto, it's probably the current iteration or your latest variant of yourself. Mm-hmm. I want to understand how you started out. So I need you to buckle up, my man, because sure. we're going to have to ride the hustle shared time machine. Oh, how far do we have to go here? Are we going back to when I was in high school or? Fetus, fetus station. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 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 start let's start in high school. I'll make it very quick. So, right. when I was in high school, I was a really bad student. Barely could graduate actually. Um, and one day, I remember seeing these guys uh, talk about a video yearbook. Video and yearbook. normally, we have a yearbook that's you know like uh, mm-hmm. bounded and everything. And they made a presentation, and I was watching it in awe. And then I said to myself, "Wow, the power of media." I was watching everyone react to that video. And I said, this is interesting. Audiovisual is going to be big. And I knew at that point I wanted to be in an audiovisual medium. Yeah. That's what charted my path to becoming an entrepreneur. So yeah, so when I was in college, I actually created a video yearbook for every mm. new, uh, they called them, well, freshmen, right? Uh, we mm. call them frosh. Oh, and every first I think I know where you studied. If it's frosh, then that's yeah. very DLSU. Okay. Well, actually, I studied in University of West. Uh, sorry, I studied in Western University in Canada. Where is West? What? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Where, where, where? Which part is it? Uh, it's it's near first? Toronto. Oh, Ontario. Yeah. Amazing. The six. All right. Right. That's amazing. So wait, I'll just just, just, just track back a little bit. Two things I want to know. All right. So I've had so many uh, entrepreneurs here who were. Priorly influenced by their parents or people, especially in the Phil Chai community, because there's something about how uh, Filipino Chinese kids are raised that entrepreneurship is ingrained to them early because they're forced to help with business and whatnot. And, you know, the, the mentality of how to handle money, especially financial literacy, is, is, is ingrained in the DNA. Did you have that uh, influence? And what led you to then study this in, in Canada? Well, um, you know, my parents actually wanted us to study so that we can be professionals, like mm. accountants, doctors, yep. lawyers. That's Titles. really where they wanted us to go. Mm. And um, the irony is I'm the only entrepreneur in my whole family. 
Wow. So yeah, yeah. So that was one thing. Um. So what led us to go to Canada was the ninth. <laughs> this is going to ano, carbon date me. Eh? No worries. The, you're, the, you're uh, way younger than your age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, Edsa Revolution, the first one. Wow. Yeah, Basics. when yeah when Philippines was going south, everyone was like you know panicking and everything. The, mm. the peso collapsed. Uh, mm. We left for Canada, migrated there now. Wow. Yeah. All right. So. As migrate, uh, migrants, migratory migrants, okay, is always a challenge because again, it's a brand new thing. It's literally back to zero, brand new life, brand new friends, brand new workplace. What was the challenge for you as a student coming in there, despite your propensity to be obviously be good in what you do, but still the adjustment as an Asian, there's a chip on your shoulder. Oh yeah, actually the the chip is not on my shoulder, but on the shoulders of the people that I encountered. I realized because mm. there was still uh, some some discrimination, but not a lot. But there were some. Um, yeah. uh, but but you know, I when I moved to Canada, I actually didn't even look at it as a a bad thing. I I was excited. I I mm. thought it was a new opportunity for me to be able to reinvent myself. Got it. This is really what I wanted because, like I told you, I couldn't even graduate. It was that mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. When I got to Canada, I said, oh, it's a chance for me to reinvent myself, be better than who I was. And that's how, that's how it started. So, yeah. Got it. So, the, going back to the video yearbook, you're now doing this um, for, for thrushes in Canada, right? Um, what, what, how did you then nurture that into you know, um, scratching your itch as an entrepreneur? So that one, um, by doing that, uh, first of all, that, that provided my, uh, my money to be able to pay for my education. Wow. Yeah. wow. So that's how I was able to fund myself through college. Mm-hmm. And um, when I graduated, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So yeah. instead of writing um, a resume, I wrote a business plan. Wow. Yeah. And I was an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur ever since. So mm-hmm. as soon as I graduated, I got a bank loan and um, presented my business plan. And then I created my business in video production as well. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's how I started. And I remember mm-hmm. my mom, when she found out I didn't apply for a job and I you know, <laughs> borrowed more money on top of my student loan, she was like, Chris, are you sure you know what you're doing? I said yeah. to her, you know, if I fail in business, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. I'll get a job. Yeah. So I'm still ahead. Correct. And I'll use the, the job to pay for all my loans. Right. It was okay. Well, yeah. So I, I might as well try. I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started. That's amazing. Now, at the, the first try of entrepreneurs, this is usually the most, uh, you know, the, the, the scariest part because, you know, experience can never be front loaded, right? You're going to have to go through a ton of potholes. My first startup, also, again, the nightlife thing that I was telling you about. Failed spectacularly, but I, I plowed through. But there are things that I know now that, you know, if, 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 if you compare me like five, six, seven years ago, it's not even close, right? Um, what were those early grinds and the sacrifices you had to put to really learn the things that, that equip you for success down the road? Well, um, you know, I, I'd say I, I'm actually very lucky because I did not experience uh, much failure um, starting up. Actually, that first business was very successful. Um, I was able to immediately close um, big deals Wow! uh, that I was able to pay off my loan within six months. What? 
yeah, not just my business loan, my my business loan and my student loan within six months. Wow. And I remember I even showed my mom the first client that I got, and I showed her the payment that they gave me, and uh-huh. she just freaked what? out. Oh my god! <laughs> but that didn't come easy. Uh, but the thing was, I never, I never have the time or the luxury to sit down and think about how hard life is or how hard business is. I don't dwell on how hard it is. That was the thing about me. I was just the type that you put me in a situation, I'll just do it. Got I'm not the type to complain about it or say, oh my God, it's so difficult. I'm right. so stressed. I don't even think about stress. I just kind of do it. Same. This is what I've been given. I just have to do it. So I just did it. And I'll tell you, to be able to get those clients, I remember I was doing the numbers. Mm. I said, I have to call up. Um, I have to call cold call. Mm-hmm. About 1,000 clients. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I cold call 1,000 clients, I'll be, be able to have a meeting with, let's say, 100 of them. Yep. Out of 100, I'll be able to close 10. Yeah, But that 10 will generate this much revenue. Correct. And then I have to call every 1,000 will generate me another 10 new clients. And that's all I was thinking. So it was a numbers game. That's why every right. time somebody would say no to me, it never bothered me. I was just like, great, moving on to the next. That means I'm now one right. more client away from getting my new client Mm -hmm. and that's how i looked at it that's amazing and at such a young age when you were doing this not a lot of people have that foresight there's a lot of people now especially kids i I encountered so many kids you know how being around them i feel feel like a tito so much but uh, you come in and then they they don't even have foresight and all that stuff but you you already know the numbers games you're again you're years ahead of what you're trying to do that even if you do fail like what you said to your your parents you'll eventually make it because if you're talking about number ga- numbers game and especially in entrepreneurship, sales cure all. If you know how to build up your pipeline that early, you're just going to be like, all right, th- th- that didn't uh, work out next, 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 next. And eventually you, you, you become in the black and whatever profits you earn will just roll over as you go. Now, I want to understand when after this, when, what was the inflection point that made you come back to the Philippines and what did you do next? So I, I went here on vacation after um, I graduated and I was, work, I was working already at my business. I went here on vacation. And I remember that time um, when I saw the Philippines, I said, wow, look at this growth. Look at all these new buildings. I said, this is amazing. Right. There's so many amazing buildings out here that were never here when I was here. Yeah. So at that point, I said, this looks like a great time to come back. Mm. So at that point, I... I decided, okay, I'm going to sell my business, come back here, and uh, came back and um, got into real estate because I said I wanted to build buildings. Real estate. Yeah, real estate development. And that's when I came back here. I uh, went to build, build. I said, I just want to build buildings. And I don't have any experience in building buildings, but mind you. Wow. So that's- I, But I wanted to do it. So that's how it started. So how did you learn the skills? Because again, this is a cutthroat environment. Real estate is real estate. And this is one of the oldest uh, industries. And by default, it's also a numbers game with a lot of heavy, heavy incumbents. Yes. How do you even carve out a niche for yourself as a a youngin? So what I did was um, uh, I, I needed to learn the game. So... Uh, we had a, pro- I'll tell you, we had a property with my family that uh, was in the Philippines that was not developed. It was just an empty lot. And then I said, I want to build on it. And I said, I need a partner that has experience. So then I started shopping around for partners. 
And I started asking everyone and anyone to connect me with any of the developers from the Ayala's to the Gokongways to mm-hmm. man, you name it. I've met with, I've actually met with uh, John Gokongway. Wow. Yeah. And I was uh, such a young kid back then. And the first question he asked me was, do you speak Chinese? I go, no, I don't. He goes, that's too bad because if you did, <laughs> we would be doing business. I was like, oh, wow. Lord, study yes. Chinese. That was the next thing I did. <laughs> so yeah. So um, needless to say, a lot of uh, developers said no to me until um, I remember I got a deal with one and it was not that great a deal. And then he kind of screwed me over that deal. Mm-hmm. But after I got screwed over, I said, I wasn't even upset. I just said, okay, that's it. This people are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a better deal two weeks after, mm-hmm. which started my career in real estate. And I remember I said to my partner that time, it was um, this uh, real estate company um, called Antel. Um, you may Antel, have heard of, of course. There's a big-ass yeah. building in yeah. along Julio Vargas and Veralco Avenue. Right. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the guy who founded Antel, the, uh, Mr. Lau, mm-hmm. I remember meeting up with him. And uh, we met up in a small little Chinese restaurant called okay. Manhan. Mm. Wow. We were uh, having dinner. And then, yeah. 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 We were just chit-chatting. And then he goes to me. He goes to me, you know what, Chris? I like you. We have a deal. Shakes my hand. And I said, great. And then that was it. And then I said, listen, I don't want. I'm not st- selling you my property. I want to be your partner. He goes, and I'll, I want you to be my partner. I'll teach you everything I know. And I learned so much from that man to be able to build uh, condominiums. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Okay. As soon as we started, we plowed money in, excavated, mm-hmm. uh, spent money, spent a lot, hundreds right. of millions. We spent a lot, hundreds of millions. Right. Uh, started selling it. We were selling. We were selling a lot. Uh, hundreds okay. of millions. It was this is a huge deal, and yeah. this was my my time to become. I was already making a killing at this point, right? And then the Asian crisis happened. Oh my god! It was 1997. The peso went from 24 dollars, uh, 24 pesos to the dollar, to 40 pesos to the dollar. It never made it back. It's still never made it, it back. Yeah. yeah, I lost everything. Oh Interest god. rate went from. Percent all the way to 24 percent annual. Oh my god, it was insane! I was highly leveraged, I was trading in the stock market. Uh, I, I, I was high risk. Mm. I, you know, um, I played, uh, I gambled, I mean, gambled as in, in investments, of course. And uh, wow, I lost big. And mm. I remember that time we, uh, I was sitting with my partner, and he said to me, Chris, we have to return everyone's money. I oh, said, Mr. No. Lau, you're talking about hundreds of millions of pesos. And I'm already at a loss. <laughs> if we give them back all that money, I'm dead. I am literally dead. I go, what? I'm not as big as you. He goes, Chris, I'll tell you one thing. I'm gonna, I'm, he was, said to me one thing that I will never forget. He goes, money you can always make back. Your integrity you can never get back. That's true. I you said, don't burn bridges. Yep. So we gave back everyone's money with interest. Oh my God. It was painful. Painful. How deep was that? That's probably seventh hell of Dante's Inferno. That's what probably it felt. <laughs> How do you even fall back up? I can't imagine that. Um wow, that was a lot of that was a lot of grit. A lot of grit. Just being able to you know to meet with every bank I owed money to. 
and talk to everyone I knew and say, let's renegotiate this. Let's renegotiate the loan. Let's uh, repurpose the property, fill up that hole. The, the development never, never finished to be, you know, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. It never did because uh, walana, we stopped it. Here's what, here's the thing. Um, I got so burned and I, I got so traumatized by what happened. I, that's why I never went back to real estate. I, 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 looking back, looking back now, a part of me was like, maybe I should have, you know, I should have, right. right there was the perfect time. What I didn't have in terms of foresight that time, because I've never experienced it. When a market in an economy collapses, mm-hmm. it's at the lowest point. It won't yep. get lower than that. It right. is the perfect time to build. Yep. It is the perfect time to invest. Rock bottom. All the way. Uh, the only way to go is up. And again, they always say that you know, yep. when everybody's fearful, that's a that's a time to get greedy. When everybody's right. greedy, that's a time get to fearful. Get fearful. So absolutely. So I, there, I, that was the lesson that I did not learn that time. I was so fearful and traumatized. I never wanted to go back to real estate. I said, that's it for me. Same. Yep. And I, I went through a similar uh, experience when I lost my first startup, right? Uh, it was a nightlife. That's why I told you. And I lost everything too. And for some reason, it just leads an, an, an indelible scar. And when you look at it, like, nope, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'll plow my trade somebody else, but this is a, this is a, this chapter is done for me. All right. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's now talk about the rest of your entrepreneurial journey and how did you come back? From seventh hell of Dante's Inferno. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, hustlers, it's been over a year and a half since the pandemic has started and completely bamboozled us because it changed and altered how business is done in the Philippines. But if there's a silver lining that I've seen, the businesses and startups that thrive now are those who are not just digital, but also make it easy for their customers to pay them. And the thing is, no matter how great you think your product is, your startup won't scale and achieve real product market fit if you don't do an omni-channel approach in getting your customers' payments. Now, we've discussed so many options of how to get that done in this podcast already. However, what if you can just get that done using just one product? And that's why I highly recommend that you guys use Sendit. Sendit Philippines is the leading payment gateway in the country and they allow businesses to painlessly and seamlessly accept payments from their customers. And these payment channels include credit cards, direct debit, e-wallets like Gcash, PayMy, and GrabPay, retail outlets, and pay later. Now, I'm not going to recommend this if we are not a user ourselves. We use Sendit in Podcast Network Asia and getting payments from our sponsors and also disbursing money to our podcasters. Now, it's not just us because there's a lot of legit Filipino startups that achieve scale that are using Sendit to get this done, just like our friends from Kumu. Now, if you're interested to use it for your business or your startup, we're going to make it very easy for you to get started because you are a listener of HustleShare. And that's why we're going to give you access to Sendit's SME program, which is Sendit's org-wide initiative to help our SME customers grow and scale. Through this program, they will waive up to 1.6 million pesos per business and free transactions just by signing up today. And it's only applicable to new Sendit merchants and for transactions excluding cards. So if you're interested, just click the link in the description box of this episode to find out how to join. So if you have a business or startup that's gaining momentum now, I highly suggest you start investing in this infrastructure like Sendit 
to allow you to scale, not just now, but for a post-pandemic world. All right, let's get back to the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Chris Sun, who then told us how everything crashed for him. Like, yeah, I, I still get trauma because I went through similar, but not millions and millions of my own money. And it's your, it's your name on the line. And how do you even sleep at that point? And what did you do to start inching away of all that lost cash? Yeah. So to begin with, how do you sleep? You know, funny, I think I have a very good stress management mechanism where I, I've all, and I've, I've been, I've been using this as a way to, to comfort myself um, that I do not know that everything that happens does happen for a reason. I've never doubted that. I truly believe that. And I understand that for every bad thing that happens to you, what you consider bad is actually a stepping stone for another opportunity. It is the universe trying to tell you it's okay. There's something bigger for you. And that's why it's doing that. So I, I really took comfort in that. That's why I slept well at night and I never really worried. So what I did was um, I was able to repurpose the, the property. We were able to uh, rent it out and uh, we used the money for the rent to pay for all our debts nice. and to pay for my personal debts. Um, I started a small little tiny food business. We were delivering packed lunches to Resa wow. to, to offices. And the reason I did that was because I needed money and I needed food. I said, right. I have no food. 
So I started having this cook cook for me, and then I was selling what I, w- I would cook a big portion, and then we would mm-hmm. sell it to the office. I was even um, the one delivering the food, and I remember the receptionist would say to me, "Sir, kayo bu po talaga yung delivery boy na kakayan." Man, I go, "Bakit naman? Man, nakakaya. <laughs> Sir, kasi bibisa na kita ng tip. Bibigyan bakit? I go, "Bibigyan ako ng tip. I want that tip." Yeah. So, and then we 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 built it to um, a fleet of. Um, Parang 10, 10 motorcycles, 10 deliveries, and then we were delivering all over Ortigas. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was doing well. Um, and then we were about to expand na. Um, we were gonna look, we were looking for a space, a commercial space, mm-hmm. and we just couldn't find one. And mm-hmm. the thing was, uh, this was the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a phone call from a girl who has the same name as my sister. Okay. Who Which- says to me, Chris, I have a business opportunity for you. I want you to meet my Australian partner. We're going to be distributing products there in the Philippines. Okay. I said, great. I'll go because I did not want to smell like fish and garlic and meat all day. <laughs> going to the palenque. That was tough. Going to the palenque mm. for me was tough. Okay. Mm. And, um, you know, I said, okay, I'll do it. So, got my suit back, put it on. Mm. I was just like, wow, I'm, I'm back in the suit. I was so excited. <laughs> and uh, I dressed up again because every day when I was selling yeah. food, I was literally in a t-shirt and I, mm. man, I smelled like shit every day. And right. I was like, this is an opportunity to go back <laughs> in the corporate world. Yeah. So I went I went to this uh, meeting and mm. when I got to the elevator, I was like, but puno yung elevator Saturday right. morning? Mm. Tao dito, ah. And then everyone's going to the same floor. I'm going, what is the elevator, holy shit, the whole um, <laughs> was filled with people. I'm like, what's going on? As what's I said, a Wall Street moment right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'm being dragged out by the, the hordes of people. I'm like, well, right. everyone's coming right. out. And right. as I got out, I heard somebody go, Chris. And I said, shit, don't look. And then I looked. And then I was like, oh, no. I knew it was network marketing. Yes. So... Here is the interesting thing. I couldn't say no because I'm, you know, everyone's a little, Asians were all a little bit polite. Correct. He grabs me literally by the arm, drags me, sits me down right in the front of this network marketing seminar, right in the middle <laughs> where I cannot get out because it would be embarrassing. If you stand up, everyone would see you. Did they ask you to sell to you the pen? <laughs> uh, no, no. But I'll tell you, um, I was I was a skeptic. My arms were crossed and I, I was like so pissed. I was like, how the right. heck did I even get called into this? Yeah. It was uh it was new skin. Oh yep. wow. And I was a skeptic. And I remember I was sitting there and I said, you know what? I looked around, I said, I can't get out. I'm stuck here for an hour. I'm gonna make the most of this. I'm gonna listen to every word this guy's gonna say. And I'm going to pick holes at everything he's going to say. Mm-hmm. There's a good lesson here while I'm telling you this story. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick holes and I'm going to, I'm going to challenge every point he's going to make. At okay. the end of the presentation, they sit me down and said, what do you think? They want you to sign up. Right. I said, I have questions. And then I started throwing all the questions. Mm-hmm. They answered all my questions to the letter. And then when I was, even when I was listening to it, I was like, actually, there's an opportunity here. One thing I pride myself in, Ron, is... Mm-hmm. No matter what you talk to me about, I will always listen. Yes. I don't have to agree with you, but I will always listen and try to understand where you're coming from or how you see it, even if I don't agree. So Mm -hmm. I just listened. I absorbed and I said, this actually makes sense. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I signed up, became a new skin distributor, and I made fair. I I did fairly well. Um, I actually started earning six figures. Really happy with that. Wow. 
and that helped me because I was in a suit. I love being in a suit. Yeah. And I got myself up. That's how I started making money again. And I closed my small food business. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. And uh, then when I was in New Skin, one day, three years, two years, two years, two or three years into New Skin, mm-hmm. I lost my passion. Uh, two years, two years. It was two years. I lost, I said, I know, not that I lost my passion. I, I was not excited about doing it anymore. Parang I realized I was meant to do something else. That's all it was. Can, can I, can I um, add into that? And I'd probably feel the same because I went through something similar. So after uh, Guestless and Party File died, lost everything, the biggest hurdle I had to overcome, again, is survival. It's survival mode. So it's very similar. But I went straight. I, I freelance a little bit just to keep, keep the lights on, right? Survive a little bit. And then I want I didn't want to do B2C, right? I didn't want to be B2C anymore. I did I did B2B and selling chatbots, right? Um luckily after 12 months I, I got that acquired uh of putting it up. But that's that's the right that I, I can empathize so well because as an entrepreneur, you can you can see opportunities, be excited of it. But if it's not your idea, if it's not yours, eventually you'll fizzle out. Is that what happened? Um, yeah, you know, it was something like that. But I think it was more, more for me because um, new skin, it's good. Uh, by the way, for anyone who want to get, wants to get, get into network marketing, I highly recommend it. You learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. There's no excuses. Because eh? if you fail, it's, it's your hustling, fault. hustling. Through blue hustling. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So I realized, I remember I was doing one of the trainings. Mm. And the training spiel is, you know, uh, work hard till you're 40. Work, do things today that you that most do not want to do so that you can do things in the future that others will never get a chance to do or something Correct. like that. Correct. And you can retire by the time you're 40. Make ganung mga slogans. Yes. Live in the beach, never do anything. And I was like, I don't want to retire at 40. Same. I want to keep working. I love creating things. At that moment, I realized I can't do this anymore. Mm. I need to do something that I and that's when I pulled out this business plan I had for a production company. Back to your roots. Yep. Right there. Yep. And I said, that's when I said, I want to be an, I want to be in entertainment. I want to entertain people. Got it. And at that moment, I quit immediately and I started Ideal Minds. Got it. Now, with Ideal Minds, when you did this in, the, in, in Canada, again, it was a ripe market. Things were already normal with that. And I'm pretty sure you're one of the very few that started with with you know you you were a you're a maverick when you were starting this out. How difficult was it doing the same idea or a, a big portion of it, but it's a totally different market? Um, see again, you know, I never look at things as difficult. That was the thing yeah. about me. That was the weird thing about me. I've never gone into something and go ah, that's difficult. Wag na lang. It was just more like I, I want to do it. That's it. It was never, I want to do it. Is it difficult? Kaya ko kaya? It was like, no, I want to do it. As yeah. soon as I decided to do it, I said, I don't know anything about uh, producing TV shows. Never done a TV show in my life. I said, I need to partner with people. And I'm not known in this industry. I need to partner with people who are. So I called up the people that connected me to people that I know or that know people. And I partnered with four really amazing production companies and the producers and directors. And I said to them, I'm building ideal minds. I need partners. Would you guys want to do this with me? They said, yes, joint venture partner. 
mm. we did it and uh you know that's how we started i'll tell you um one thing that um that i think uh was a challenge for me mm. um that it was dominated by abscb at that time absolutely and gma mm. but i said that's the opportunity i just literally called up the the vice president of programming of ABC5 that time. It was called ABC5 before it was TV5. And I said, I want to produce shows on prime time. You need yep. to meet with me. And he's like, who are you? I said, I'm partners <laughs> with. And then I started naming all these amazing Name producers. Yep. And then he goes, oh, okay. Then we met. And then that's how we were able to build the prime time slot. And, and I have to say, uh, I remember somebody did ask me uh, a decade after we created it. I realized looking back now how risky that move was mm -hmm. and I could have lost millions again. Oh, man. It was so risky, but I never saw the risk. I mean, I never saw it as... Uh, there was For me, there was no chance for failure. For me, failure was not an option, basically. It was going to succeed and that's how I did it. That's amazing. What was the first show? Because again, you're, you're asking for this opportunity and then, you know, again zero experience it's hard to get it's always the first one that's always hard just eventually it will snowball it becomes a domino effect what was the concept and if you got prime time that would have been a hell of an idea yeah actually um it was a hell of a pressure because you got prime time and if we didn't produce the ad revenues that we should mm -hmm. uh we would lose a lot of money and obviously then we would get kicked out of the network because we, we didn't produce results correct uh, but the bar was so low because ABC5 was selling like one or two ads at the most per hour. Wow. I all I had to do was sell three, and I'm ahead of the I had ahead of the right. standard already. And they yeah. were rating like 0 0.01. So if I just rated 0.1, I was already ten times better than what they could do. I created, <laughs> and then the thing was I didn't know how to produce shows. So I said my partners knew how to produce shows. Maybe na abutan mo to. Probe yeah. Productions. Probe, yes. Checha Lazaro. Yep. She was one of my partners. Wow. They, and we created shows. We came up with ideas. And they were the ones who came up with a really good reality show concept. We sat down as a team. We said, let's come up with an idea. Everyone wanted to do a travel show, right? right. I said, that's boring. Let's make it where we get a Filipina, switch them around with somebody from a different country. They switch places for 30 days. Okay. They go into each other's world for 30 days and then live each other's lives Wow. That would be, it's called The Exchange. Mm. And that was the first reality show we created. That was one of the first. Uh, but I didn't, I just, that was the idea I had and they mm. were the ones who produced it. The host that time was a girl named Rima Chanko. Rima, of course. Yep. yep. Charming that, smile. Right. That right. time she was just like, uh, she just auditioned and we said, that's the one. Mm. So that was one of the first shows we did. But I didn't uh, do the, the actual production because I didn't know how. Mm. It was just more of the concept. Now, the show that I produced was a show called On Air. Yes, JM. JM, right. The concept of that was we were simple. I said, let's just put a camera in Glorietta, a booth, a big booth. You go that in and for huge. one minute. I remember my childhood. Yeah. Wanting yeah, to go to that booth. Right, because there was no camera phones that time, right? Yep. I said, you have one minute to say and do whatever you want. We'll pick the best footage and put it on TV. That show was a major hit. People have never seen anything like it. Yep. It was incredible. Right. No, that's, that's great. Now, 
that was on for a while. I remember multiple uh, watching multiple seasons and seasons of it, right? And there are a lot of crazy highlights on it, right? And and whatnot. But in in media, longevity is rare. You know what was the pivot yep. that you eventually had to do when your your cash cows were near when the writing was on the wall. So for media, your shows you're only as good as your last show. Yeah, and I never get attached to a show. If I think a show is not rating, we'll can, we'll cut it, we'll cancel it. Um, so every maybe actually every season we would come up with ideas. If I could just find all the reels of all the test pilots we did, it would just be amazing to just show it all. Yeah. I don't have it anymore, unfortunately. Um, but we created all these new concepts and the con- every probably every year we would come up with a new concept. And one concept we came up with that really became very hugely successful was a show called Single. Single? Single was a concept where that time we basically followed a guy who was single Okay. And recorded everything he did. And then he said on TV, I'm single. I'm looking for some a girlfriend. Email me. Email pa time na yon. Okay. And everyone would email him <laughs> with their photo. And then on, the, on, we're videotaping him looking at people's profiles and then asking them out on a date. And the date, and then people would vote on it. Text vote. SMS wow. vote. So that show did a killing for us. And even launched the career of the band called Stone Free. Wow. Yep. We because we couldn't afford to pay because we found out we can't uh, play music that's commercial music. Correct. So we said, well, why don't we look for mga Indian OPM bands that are new? Mm. And we got all these recordings. And when we listened to Stone Free, I said, this is going to be the theme song of single. Was it Miro who's the... Yeah. Yes. Right. I still right. love my media. The 2000s. There Good go. job. <laughs> so there. So we did that. And then after that, on, I remember on on air. Um, remember, we have to keep evolving. The evolution is important. Uh, I remember um, there were these two guys on on air booth who would dance and sing in seventies clothes, oh and I would watch God. the rating every Maver- minute just pop up Maverick every time. And yep. And then I said, I did not know. Yeah, but that time I remember I was like coming up with a concept. I said, there. I woke up in the middle of the night and then I was writing this down. I said. I have a, a chicken scratch. I wrote it down because it was a night. I said, the misadventures of dot, dot, dot. And I didn't know who it was. Mm. I said, it's a reality show, no script. But the what happens is kind of planned out, but we don't know what they're going to say. Who right. is this person? And then my director for On Air said, sir, I recommend we get Maverick and Ariel. I go, I can't afford to pay for two people. We'll just talk to them. So I said to both of them, listen, I'll split the salary for one between the two of you. But I promise you in six months, you guys are going to be famous. Yeah. And sure enough, in six months, they got their billboard on Edsa. Heck, even their mom was famous for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there. That's that's how we evolved. And then, yeah, it's it's tough. We got kicked out of uh, ABC5. We got kicked mm-hmm. out because we were very successful. Okay. Tony Boykawanko bought it. Na. Mm-hmm. Um, his right hand didn't think that uh, they needed us anymore. Uh, which I think obviously was the bad a bad move because because mm-hmm. they thought that they can do it themselves and they couldn't. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was bad and mm-hmm. it was a good thing because we moved to MTV Studio yeah. Twenty Three. We expanded to MTV Studio Twenty Three, GMA Seven. We expanded everywhere at that point. We were just right. growing fast, and uh, we were taking on international projects. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that's amazing. 
Now, when did it end? And how, okay. how did that feel? Because again, w- w- when you're at that high, it's it feels like you can do this forever. But again, in media, it's tough. Longevity is hard. My yep. God. That's why when I see people eclipse 10 years, like, what? How the hell did they do that? Yeah. Right? And, and moving with especially with those guys that have one concept only. Yeah. Right? So what happened with me was um, I remember that time um, we were doing so well on television and then I was watching this internet thing and I said, this is interesting. 2008, 2000, I was like, internet's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I said, let's start moving online. Let's create an online channel. Everything now, screw the networks. We don't need the networks. We're going to build this online. I don't know how it's going to earn money. I said, but we're going to build, we're going to throw everything we have online. Imagine if you did that now with all the streaming, the, the live streaming, and then you get paid yep. on time. My God. So when we did it, um, wow, we built, uh, we created a, a, a channel called flippish.com. Yep. I remember. Yep. And uh, when then flippish started to really take off at that point. So big that we stopped doing television completely. We just, I don't even accept television projects anymore. I said, I'm, I'm completely online 100%. And we were doing so well. Yep. We were killing it. We were, the, everyone was watching Flippish. I remember I'd be walking through um, uh, the mall and I would hear the theme song of my shows playing on somebody's <laughs> ringtone. Ooh, and I would, girl. Oh, oh yeah, I would hear girl. kids saying, Did you see the latest episode? I'm subscribed and I was like, wow, hey, it was amazing. And um, when did it come crashing down? I even remember when. Mm-hmm. We had 1.8 million fans on Facebook. Oh my God. That time, nobody had 1.8 million. No, yeah. Yep. Facebook was brand new. Yep. And Facebook decided to ban us oh, and, close, and close our account. Why? They were claiming we have violations without proving it, by the way. That's the problem with Facebook. They don't have some sort of appeal process. Right. I didn't know who to call. There was no local office. Mm -hmm. That was it. I saw my revenues. Because that time we were already earning. Like we were killing it. Mm -hmm. We were doing doing very well. Mm -hmm. My revenue dropped 80%. Holy shit. So the good thing was there was a saving grace. Okay. We the uh, mga, I, I don't I don't remember exactly when we trans started to move all our material to YouTube at that time. Yes. And when 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 the Facebook uh, crashed our you know basically collapsed our traffic because they wouldn't mm. uh, you know allow us to be on their on their platform, mm. we saw the YouTube revenue start going up rapidly. Mm. Rapidly. That in time. We, yeah, we were doing 80, 90, 100 million views. It was, it was insane. Wow. We were earning. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube decided to demonetize us. Oh, no. So the keyword is demonetize. <laughs> wow. How do you even survive this thing? I, I, I can't even fathom to, to, I, to bounce back. I was, I was already, at that point, I was just like, that, that's when I said, fuck it. I just said I wasn't passionate anymore. I was like, man, I don't want to do this. Wow. I, I didn't feel like going to the office anymore. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, screw right. it. So I stopped. I just stopped. Okay. Now and that's how it stopped. ended. And mm-hmm. how it ended. I will find out after this break. 
what you did because you're not stopping. You just evolved and metamorphosized into something better. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hi, I'm RJ Ledesma. Get inside the heads of the country's sharpest and most innovative business personalities and entrepreneurs. Hack your way to success as you learn more about how they think about business. What are their best practices and success secrets? How do they innovate their businesses during the pandemic? And what opportunities do they see in the new normal? Join me on the RZ Ledesma Podcast. Hey guys, before we proceed with the remainder of this hustle, just a quick word from our friends from OKX who are the sponsor of this episode. If you're one of those people who are going gaga over NFTs or non-fungible tokens, OKX is the perfect cryptocurrency exchange for you because they have the tokens that everybody's gunning for, just like the SLPs, and also the one that we just featured lately, YGGs. And OKX is really doubling down on its investment in NFTs because very soon they'd be launching its own DeFi hub and their own NFT marketplace. So if you're interested to know more, just go to OKX.com or listen to the rest of this episode. And we're back in the break. We're still with Chris Tom again. He told us amazing two. Two back-to-back crashes now. I mean, not really consecutive, but I can't even imagine going through that. Again, it's never a straight line, especially in entrepreneur entrepreneurship. It's a Richter scale. And they always say that in entrepreneurship, as long as your wins are just more than your losses, you'd be okay. At least that's, that's how they say it. But, you know, through all those ups and downs, you also learn to be even keeled. But Chris, I want to find out now, after that, what did you do next? And if, if that was sucking out the passion and you didn't want to do it anymore, how did you reignite it back? So uh, passion is something that's uh, difficult to, to work with, to be honest with you, because it's, uh, it comes and goes. Uh, but one thing that I do, what I, one thing I learned is this. Um, I, I have this thing about don't look for your passion. Just be passionate wherever you're at. So I just said, hey, I want to I wanna go into life coaching, became a life coach and tried it, love it. I'm still a life coach. Um, and then that time I also got into acting because I just wanted to act. I said, I just want to try now being in front I of the camera. I saw you in a couple of uh, uh, primetime telenovelas. Yep. Yeah. You're the general, yeah. I think, at one point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I did that. Um, started doing that. And then... Um, you know, I love it. I put everything into it. Like if I'm doing something, I'm going to put 100% into it. And that's what I call just being passionate because you'll never know if you're passionate about something unless you throw everything at it and start loving what you're doing. So I just loved what I do. And I'm at the moment, I just love it. I'm doing it. Um, and I was just like, okay, this is good. Okay, it's getting me by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 2019, December, I remember I was having... Um, a drink with a buddy of mine. And then he said to me, Chris, have you heard of Bitcoin? Mm. And then I was like, hmm, what is this thing? And then I, he told me about it. And again, being a person who loves listening, mm-hmm. I said, that's interesting. I'm going to look into this. Right. I looked into it. I promised him I was going to look into it. I looked into it. I, mm. I studied it for one whole month, researched like crazy. Yep. 
and then I after one month, I, my eyes. And by, by the way, I have to say, I don't have a confirmation bias. Mm. I have what they call a contradiction bias. Okay, I'm the type that? that if you tell me something's good, I will challenge every point you're making to to solidify if your point is really strong or not. That's all I do. Yeah, and I do that for myself. So when I found out about Bitcoin, I was I said I'm going to prove Bitcoin is a scam. I'm going to prove Bitcoin is not worth anything. I'm going to prove that it has no value whatsoever. I'm going to prove because everyone's saying all these things mm. that it won't work, that it doesn't make sense. I said I'll prove every one of those things. So everything I researched was to prove it's a scam, that prove it doesn't have value, to prove that it will never be the new technology that it promises to be, and everything. Right. At the end of my research, my mind was blown. Because yeah. I realize, holy cow, this thing is real, and it's yep. gonna happen right now, and I need to be a part of this. And I couldn't mm. give a crap if anyone believed me or not, because I yeah. knew what I saw, and I went all in on cryptocurrency. And in 2019, as I remember correctly, that's when the first bubble burst, right? 2019, was, 2018. Yeah, it was the start of 2018. Um, yeah. Bitcoin was at twenty thousand dollars. Or well, just under twenty thousand, and then it yeah. collapsed all the way yeah. down to three thousand dollars. Correct. The, that was the first bubble burst because there's a lot of also bad, bad players in that time. You know, created a scam. But now, what what what's left? And then, when the really big companies uh, in the U.S. are are now mining this thing, then there's a little bit more stability. We can't just pop it up until Elon Musk fucked everything up again. <laughs> uh, asshole. <laughs> My gains are gone. Right. So. What did you do next to now double down? You saw the light at the end of the tunnel. You saw a pot yeah. of gold at the end of the rainbow. What did you do? So immediately, I called up my insurance broker. I said to my insurance broker, listen, whatever money I have in insurance, pull it all out. What? I want everything out. He goes, exactly. He goes, what? I go, yep. So we had a meeting. He goes, Chris, uh, before we do this, can I just ask, where are you putting all this money? I said, Bitcoin. He goes, are you crazy? I go, no, no, no. That's crazy. You're crazy that you're not joining me in this. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, wow, good luck. I go, I don't need luck. I have information. Mm-hmm. And so I put all, I, I canceled all my insurance, my mutual funds. And I started looking at where else I can find money. Everywhere I can find money. I was like, everything I had threw it all into Bitcoin. Every wow. single thing. And I remember all my friends. I even made a post on Facebook to commemorate yeah. that day. It was yeah. December 6th. I told everyone, what do you guys think of Bitcoin? My God, 99.9% of the comments are negative. It was hilarious. <laughs> and the thing was, I don't get affected by it. I actually find it funny because every comment made was based on fear, yep. uncertainty, and doubt or lack of information. Yep. That's why I, I'm not even pissed at them. I'm, I'm, I find it hilarious. One of my friends even made a bet with me, one to five, mm-hmm. that I will, it will not hit $20,000 and I will lose money in this, in this uh, d- thing I'm doing. I said, if I put $2,000, if I bet $2,000, you're going to give me $10,000? He goes, yep. I made, guess what? Obviously, history shows I won the bet. Mm-hmm. One year later, it went back up to $20,000. Right. That's amazing. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. 
And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay.
marketing. Now, when did you? When did the OKX uh, uh, opportunity come in, and right. what did you try to double down on OKX here? So, so what happened with me was uh, for the entire 2020, I was just man so passionate about crypto. And yep. when I was talking about passion, right that time before I started becoming passionate about crypto, I was actually into computer programming. I started. I took oh, you're course. Coding. Okay. Yeah, I actually started coding. I I paid for a course, online course, to learn coding because I said one way or another I'm going to go into this blockchain thing. I don't know how. Yep. So I started learning how to code and everything, but then I started realizing I'm spending more time studying crypto than coding. Mm. Slowly, my time started to shift towards crypto, and then I realized I would spend the entire day. I would wake up, and all I could talk about was crypto until evening. All I could do was talk about crypto. Look. Crypto and then all my videos went from personal development <laughs> to cryptocurrency. I yeah. didn't even want to talk about personal development. <laughs> who cares if I like, know I can teach you how to get depression? <laughs> Let me teach you how you can make money. You won't be depressed if you're earning this much. So I said that's it. Now I realized I was helping so many people get into cryptocurrency. I wasn't paid to do it. I just loved helping people get into this this industry and this sphere and right. to invest in it. So many mm. that one day somebody I met um, back when I was in production messaged me and said, "Chris, would you be interested in working for a cryptocurrency exchange?" And then I was like, "Huh, this is interesting. Interesting for several reasons. Number one, I've never had a job my entire life. Right." Number two, um, this was something an industry I've never, I you know that I'm I'm never been in, mm -hmm. and I said interesting. All right, let's 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 talk about it. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, I'm talking to the executives in Beijing, in the UK, Hong Kong, talking to them for three months, mm -hmm. and after three months, I decided, you know what, let's do it. Let's make wow. it happen because. The reason I think it happened was I was so passionate about cryptocurrency helping people. I really believe the universe just said, "Listen, you're so passionate doing this. You mm. might as well get paid to do yeah. this." Got it. That's amazing. Now, what 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 with OKX? Because there's a lot of players out there too. You know, um, yep. some of them legit, some of them not. Right. But what's with OKX that made you leave that 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 passion point to really turn this on 100% full time? So for me, um, OKX, I, I researched on them. And then uh, when I found out they were a very large exchange, they do about $4 billion up to $10 billion in trade a day. Wow. They're actually one of the top 10 cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. Uh, actually, by trading volume, they're probably top five. So wow. I said, interesting. I go, this exchange is huge. It's massive. It's yeah. not known in the Philippines yet. And, but it's legit. It's robust. It doesn't crash. It doesn't, you know, rug pull or take your money, you know. So yep. the, these guys know what they're doing. And I said, you know, if I'm going to put my integrity and my reputation on the line, they're the company I'll do it with. I'll, 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 I'll vouch for them and I'll put my name on, on their brand. And I said, let's do it. So that's what got me to go on board. Uh, it was a mission to be able to get more uh, Filipinos into cryptocurrency because I really believe that there are so many Filipinos that could benefit from this. Absolutely. Number one. Number two, and I figured the best way to do it is through an international exchange like OKX. All right. That's amazing. Now, with you now being with OKX, how are you using that passion to pull it forward with, with, with letting more Filipinos uh, 
getting to know the platform and using it as their exchange to get more crypto, especially now. Well, you know, just a few episodes ago, I got to talk to the YGG guys. Where Ooh, YGG, huge. Yes, uh, play to earn um, is now a thing, and Axie is just blowing everybody. Uh, how how is is OKX able to help it out, especially you ha- having you on board? Yep. So the beauty of OKX is that um, we're able to list a lot of these tokens or these coins that you won't see in other major exchanges, like the biggest exchange in the world doesn't have them. For example, YGG is not yes. listed on any other major exchange except for OKX. Right. We're the only one that's listing YGG. And it's a great opportunity for people to come in on. So when YGG was about to get listed, I told everyone I knew. The ones that bought when I told them to buy are now making a killing. Uh, several of my friends, I said to them, when this thing hits $1 or below a dollar per YGG token, you better buy. They bought. Today, it's at $2.38. 100% already. Yep. And it's just the start. Again, I've, I've had the opportunity. If you, if you want to listen more, just a couple episodes back, you'll be able to see. Because again, blockchain is cho- changing the way you know uh, people are earning and investing. And this play-to-earn concept is big. Now, before I let you go, Chris, I want to understand again, just a few pay-it-forward questions. Because you've such, done such an amazing job. You're just an eternal optimist. That's what I see here. Like, you know, you don't see the stress. You don't see the hard. Everything is, is something that's doable. From your point of view, how do you even learn and create a new business for something? What's your methodology for creating something and, and um, capitalizing on something that you have not even tried out before? Because you've done that so many times already now. Yeah, um, you know, um, I, I'll go back to uh, what I said earlier. No, it's about you know uh, being passionate. Not looking for passion, just being passionate. Being passionate to learn. Being passionate about life and just, just be be stop wanting to be just be it and that's one thing that i did and don't you can't fake it huh? you can't fake being interested in something you have to be genuinely interested but to do that you have to genuinely focus on it and if you're not focused on it it means you're not interested in it so don't force it uh and do, when you do it and you're passionate about it you will learn as much as you can and you will get into it and that's what i did and with cryptocurrency it was just a natural passion that I, everyone that knows me now knows that I talk about crypto 24 crypto 7. Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's just something that I just do. Like it'll spew out of my mouth. You won't be able to talk to me for an hour without bringing up crypto <laughs> at one point or another. It's impossible. Uh, that's the same so, thing with me for podcasting now. Oh my God. Totally different guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're a perfect example of that, that passion that, you know, just being able to have that tenacity to say, hey, listen, I'm going to do this regardless of what anyone says. It doesn't really matter because I know what I know and then growing it. And that's how you're able to do what you do. Thank you. All right. Now, I want to also understand bouncing back for failure. Not here's one thing that this pandemic has continuously grown, you know, no matter how much you think you have safety nets and built fortresses. This pandemic just blew everybody's shit out of the window, right? And no matter how you think you're prepared, you're, it's really a matter of luck being the right place at the right time. But for you, what's your, what's your ethos in bouncing back to the field? Because you went through at least two life-shattering events. Yep. And 
you, you're coming out on stage like a phoenix who rose from the ashes and a brand new bird better every single time right yeah. how do you even do that wow uh probably you know i'll tell you i think you do it by by first not having self-pity stop feeling sorry for yourself number one uh don't and don't be a victim of your circumstance there you go yes. i think the problem with a lot of people is they're a victim of the circumstance they let the circumstance make them powerless yeah I've never looked at things that way. I've always been the type that this is the circumstance I'm in. Mm-hmm. I make the most of it. And we start climbing out. We start moving. Otherwise, it's never gonna end. Yeah. You know, if you can sit there and whine about how crappy your situation is, or you start climbing out of it, one way or the other, one of them is gonna get you. So you might as well start climbing out. Or you're gonna end up dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I did. And that's the great thing about it. I don't spend time worrying about stuff like that. That's amazing. Just just the ability to bounce back is top notch. But last question before I let you go. If you had a chance to talk to young Chris, you know, who were just doing the real estate business, about to get his shit uh, wrecked through, I want to understand um, what would be your advice for your younger <laughs> self if you had that opportunity to ride the time machine again and uh, talk to you? To yourself yeah. uh, at that point. Okay. So what I would say to the younger Chris, Chris, don't be so greedy. <laughs> you, you should have you should have set aside some for safer investments. Why did you throw everything at the high-risk investments? So always save some that's uh, a safe investment. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have told my younger self. That's amazing. All right, Chris. Again, as much as I really want to ask more, that concludes our episode. But before I let you go, invite people over to invest using OKX and how do they do? How do they do that? And where do they go? Okay, so uh, basically, for anyone that's interested in doing cryptocurrency or investing in it, uh, I would uh, tell you guys to go on OKX.com, download their app on Google Play Store, or iPhone. Or, or on the browser and um, start investing. That's how they do it. Um, it's that easy. And honestly, everyone should be into cryptocurrency. It is the best investment and the best opportunity to change your life. If this guy threw everything that is a safe investment on crypto, and you know, there must be something. Again, he tries to pull quotes on everything, but if you didn't see how it's here, there must be something here. Again, Chris, thanks very much. Before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatnot. And if we did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And last, if you want to be part of the community of Hustle Share listeners, just go check out the community on Facebook called the Hustle Share Community. Again, Chris, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Ron. I really appreciate your time. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.